If you want to learn more about the human mind, how it can self-sabotage, how it can negatively affect your team and how to pack it so that it works for you and your business, you're going to enjoy this episode. One, two, three, four. So the big question is this, how do people-driven business owners like us create businesses we're proud of, businesses that work for our employees, for our customers and for us, businesses that can be profitable without straining or draining the owner? That's the question that we'll be answering on the Better Happy podcast. Hello, hello. So in my last episode, I mentioned that I was going to do an episode on the human mind. Now, just to caveat, I don't pretend to be a neuroscientist or expert psychiatrist or psychologist. So I just want to caveat that at the beginning. But what I can share with you is practical insights and advice from personal learning experience from going through from being a business owner and being a very stressed business owner um from working with psychologists and working with hundreds thousands of employees hundreds of managers and business owners um i can share with you what i've learned from those insights so although i might not have the academic insights that some people have i think the real world aspect of the insights means that what i can share with you is going to be very practical and very applicable so I started to get interested in the human mind after the British Army. So I served in the Army, and what I realized when I was in the Army, and as a business owner, you've probably been through this experience yourself, I realized that I was kind of doing everything that I'd been taught was going to make me happy, yet I felt unhappy. So I'd had the job I'd, that people respected. I had a good career. I had good money. Um, I could buy what I wanted relatively early, and I felt unfulfilled. I had other girlfriends. I was in relatively good shape. So I had all these things, yet I felt unfulfilled in life. So I started to become interested in that and think, well, you know, actually all any of us want is to be happy and there's got to be a different way to achieve that than just doing what society tells you to do. So that sent me on a journey which ultimately led me to business and that journey is I left the military when I lived on monasteries of Thailand and Nepal and one day when I was living in Australia actually before the, before the monastery experience I was walking through Perth which is a beautiful city I tell this story quite often uh, beautiful sunny sea. I'd got out of the military. My life was as stress-free as it could possibly be. I had the sun shining on my back. I was living in Perth in Australia, walking to work, a very simple, stress-free job. And I remember thinking, life can't get much easier and, and better than this. Like, I'm very lucky to be a person that can come and live in Australia, earn good money, have the sun on my back, have, have a little stress. Like, I was very aware of how fortunate I, have to, I, I was to be able to live that life. Yeah, I still had this niggling feeling of being unhappy and I wasn't depressed I wasn't miserable you know I was still enjoying life but I just felt like something was missing and what I know now is that that was fulfillment and it was from being aligned to my goals and to my values and make progress towards that which is you know ultimately why I got into business but but the thing that helped me realize that was reading a book from the Dalai Lama called The Art of Happiness and what I learned in that book and sorry I should finish the story whilst I was walking through Perth train station having these inter this internal dialogue um, I saw this book in the window of a bookstop, uh, bookshop over and over again. It was the Dalai Lama, The Art of Happiness. If you have a Google of that book, you'll see his face on the cover. So there was like multiple versions of that or multiple copies of that in the window. So it was like I could see the Dalai Lama's face a hundred times looking at me from this book and I'm having this internal dialogue. <laughs> I'm like, perhaps I need to read this book. So I read that book and that book completely changed my perspective on life. And what it taught me was that the meaning of life is to be happy, but the way that we think about happiness in the West is inaccurate. We tend to think of happiness as sensual pleasures and um, pleasurable feelings and uh, pleasurable experiences and, and whilst they are conducive to happiness that is not what happiness is according to eastern philosophy so in eastern philosophy happy, happy the meaning of life is to be happy and happiness is achieved by um 
or is a, is a deep sense of fulfillment that we find in life by being of genuine service to others, by letting go of or not letting our negative emotions dictate us, and by serving others ideally through our unique strengths and talents. So when we do those things together, when we are better at letting go of the negative emotions, uh, better at culminating positive emotions, um, and we are being of genuine service to others, we get this sense of fulfillment that is true happiness. And this doesn't mean you're laughing and smiling all the time and life still gives you a rough time. You know, life is uncomfortable. It's just the nature of it. Bad things happen. We're all going to pass away. We're going to get sick. There's going to be disasters. We're going to lose people that we care about. Sorry, I'm not being negative. It's just the reality of life. So those things are still going to happen and we're still going to suffer because of them. But but the, the beauty of the Eastern philosophy of, of happiness is that regardless of what situations happened, this underlying feeling of fulfillment and like you're doing the right thing can remain. So... That's the lesson that I learned there. I got very spiritual. I lived on monasteries. I meditated. And I ultimately came to this conclusion whilst living on a silent retreat, actually, in, uh, in a monastery in Thailand. I ultimately came to this conclusion that I wanted to use my life and my opportunities I have in the UK to help others. And it had to be through business. And it had to be through health and performance in some way. I want to help people be happy. That was my business model. So um, super driven by that. And I had this new insight, you know, if I'm just helping others, I can't, I can't go wrong. That's just what life's about. Feeling like some kind of spiritual warrior. Came back to the UK, um, definitely a transformed person. Should also mention that before this experience, I was a unhealthy drinker. I used to drink a lot. And after that, and I'd never been able to stop and um, binge drinking on the weekends. And after that experience, I got the boost straight away. Just a change in mindset. And I was like, oh, I don't need to drink anymore. And I started volunteering and just being a good person. And, and it was amazing how, um, how transformational that paradigm shift was for me. I also learned from the monasteries how to be at peace in my own company. So I think the combination of the monastery experience and paradigm shift helped me become a different person. Okay, so I learned that. And I think that's what, well, I know that's what led me to business. And I know for many of the business owners I work with, that's actually a big part of the reason they're in business. Now, of course, it's to create your own lifestyle and to make money and to make a difference. Um, but it's also, be, it's, it's about living life on your own terms and listening to your goals and not letting the rigidity of uh, life and most businesses and bureaucracy get in the way of you achieving things and making a difference in the world. I know that's that's a lot of the reason why people go into business. So it is listening to this kind of higher consciousness, this in, in kind of in embedded vision that you have in your head and listening to your values as well. So... Uh, like I said, I came back, opened a business, uh, thought I couldn't, you know, thought I was unstoppable, thought I was a spiritual warrior. And what happened was I got totally burnt out in my first business. That business doubled in size every year. Um, it had a team, a full-time team of five as we went into COVID. Um, and it was a healthy six-figure business. It was profitable. I started it with nothing, you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for it to be any better with the business knowledge that I had at the time. Really changing people's lives, very reputable. Um, so it was great. But what happened was I started that business with the mindset of, well, I'm just going to help everybody. And then uh, about two years in, so for the last three years, I just got totally burnt out and I was miserable. And I, I realized now that what I was doing was I was self-sabotaging. I wasn't prioritizing myself. I wasn't prioritizing the business. I was uh, trying to run it more as a charity. Now, it did become profitable, and but that was not through comfort. That was through a stressful kind of punching my way to get the thing to be what I needed to be process and it just made me miserable and when, when, when COVID came along I was so burnt out uh, I had a mentor at the time who I was paying um, to guide me through the, that specific industry uh, it's a, a specialist a gym mentor as such and I remember him saying to me I think you should close it and I really respected him for that um, and there was two reasons that he said that and the first one was he knew I was totally burnt out and he didn't think I'd recover from that and that wasn't a lack of confidence on his front it was just honesty um, 
he didn't think I'd recover the levels of motivation. But also, I think, and I looking back retrospectively, and I remember some of the things he said is he knew that my my vision was higher than the than the gym. Um, he knew that I really should put my time and effort into something else, which is what I do now, right? And it's why it's why I can produce so much content because I love what I do, and even when it's even when I wake up and I can't be bothered sometimes because I'm a human, you know, I've still got the passion there because of that long term vision to just keep going. Okay, so why did I get to that position? What you know, this episode's all about the human mind. So, so what what did I learn? And basically, after I got burnt out and we went into COVID, I thought I need to I need to work with a psychologist because I don't have the option to go and get a job. It's not because I'm unemployable; it's just because I know I'm not going to be happy in a job. So I was like, okay, I can't do that. So what I've got to figure out is how can I be happy owning a business and pushing myself and and setting goals and being in that constant land of uncertainty. And I did some work with different psychologists. That's that's the next journey I went on to. I, you know, just the meditation alone and the Buddhist spiritual components weren't enough at the time for me to to do that. I needed to learn more about my mind. So I started working with a psychologist called Ross McIntosh. He's he's fantastic, by the way. Please please follow him and give him a copy, uh, give him a um, a follow. Um, and what I learned was a process uh, called acceptance commitment therapy. And this is a very rational way to learn about the human mind, and it kind of removes the spiritual. Uh, aspects of eastern philosophy and adds a uh, a more scientific i want to say approach to it which i think is really important for us western people who have grown up around science and facts and um logic with a lack of religion i think we need to look at it from a less spiritual more rational perspective at the start um but i do think ultimately we will move towards that spiritual component of uh, understanding the human mind but what act taught me then and and you can dig more into this in the book called the happiness trap by russ Harris, an Australian psychologist. Um, what that teaches us is how the human mind works and how it self-sabotages. So what acceptance commitment therapy gets you to do is to, first of all, get accept that negative emotions are a normal part of being human. And this is a this is a big transformation for me because Ross pointed out to me that I felt guilty when I wasn't happy. I felt like I'd had enough experience that I should be um, more of this sensual style of happiness most of the time. And I was feeling guilty when I wasn't. So Ross is like, and, and it's really interesting because this is actually taught in Buddhism, but I, th- I suppose I'd just forgotten and lost my way. Um, so so that's the first part. It's accepting that negative emotions are part, uh, uh, a normal part of being a human. The next thing is to is to commit. So that's to get clear on your vision and your values and commit to values-based goals, okay? Because as I talked about in the previous episode, if we don't commit to values-based goals, we will find ourselves in a comfortably uncomfortable zone and we actually end up feeling quite unfulfilled in life and unhappy. So... Those are two things that I I learned from Ross. And what and what they really tell you is that your negative emotions are due to the evolutionary part of your brain, right? So your brain has evolved to protect you from any unnecessary risk. And you've got to remember that for 95% of our existence on this planet, humans were hunter-gatherers. So this life that we live now accounts for a very small percentage. It's like less than 1% of human existence, the way that we live today. So although the, the life that we live is all that we know, the reality is our genetics and our dna this is this is not what we know our brains haven't evolved for this time our brains have evolved to survive in harsh and dangerous conditions with an average lifespan of about 35. so when we were hunter gatherers um basically our minds wanted to compare us to the tribe aggressively compare us to our tribe because if we got kicked out of the tribe and we started misbehaving or not fitting in properly we uh we would die because you couldn't survive in the wild on your own when we were hunter gatherers you had to stay in the tribe so our minds evolved this ability to uh, aggressively compare itself to others, which has been useful until the internet, okay? Uh, there's a really interesting book called Britain on the Couch, and it's about Britain being a, a depressed society. And, he, and he, he draws a correlation there between 
the introduction of mass media and the increase in levels of depression and stress. So uh, he shows that when the radio got introduced, people started comparing themselves not to the people around them, but to the people on the radio, uh, on these radio shows, and their their qualities of life and their characteristics were described as being very high. So people started thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. And then we had the TV introduced and mental health started to get worse again because we were seeing people with perfect lives on, on, on the TV. And even if you think about like the health of people on TV, they don't, they, they, you know, historically it tended to be a very stereotypical attractive person on most characters so people look at that and be like oh okay I'm, I'm ugly or i'm not healthy and then obviously in recent times you've added social media so that 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 just 10x is well a million x is the ability that we have to compare ourselves to others which is bad right and, and, and the, the the evidence of which is all around us the other things that the the human mind does is it learns to be negative and it learns to be greedy so we've grown up in a time of scarce resources so the human mind has developed this ability to crave and hoard stuff which is a marketer's dream um so that leads to us feeling unfulfilled and maybe working in jobs or just prioritizing money over happiness because we need to get more stuff and then finally the human mind has um, evolved the ability to be negative and what i mean by that is um, when we were hunter gatherers what any unnecessary risk was what was it the possibility of death even just taking a new route somewhere brought with it the possibility of death so what the mind did to keep humans alive was it said ignore any un absolutely unnecessary risk if it's not completely necessary for survival Stay in your comfort zone because that's safer. Now, that was useful when we were hunting gatherers, but think about how that affects us today. So today, what that presents itself as is we don't want to make ourselves uncomfortable. We don't want to try new things. We don't want to look stupid. We don't want to fail. We don't want to set new goals. Um, we just want to stay in the comfortably uncomfortable zone. And of course, over time, although we feel more comfortable in the short term when we're not pushing ourselves and not doing anything new, over time, it really burns away at our self-esteem when we're not prioritizing our goals and our values. And it leads to us feeling unfulfilled in life and either subtly or desperately miserable and depressed. So that's just the human condition, right? And we've just got to accept that. We've just got to accept that the human mind is, is has been hardwired to be negative and that uh, if, we, if we let it just run course and be on autopilot, we'll probably end up in positions and situations where we feel unhappy and unfulfilled. And that's what happens in most businesses and most teams. And I've done a few episodes on that. But for you as a leader of people, you need to understand um those different components so without um a focus without discipline without systems we're probably going to put ourselves down beat ourselves up compare ourselves to other people prioritize money and greed over genuine fulfillment and not push ourselves so i'm not trying to make you feel depressed uh that should actually make you feel good because if you've got a business you've already demonstrated that you are more than capable uh more than the average joe way more to push yourselves and to to do things that most people just wouldn't dream of by recognizing these areas of the human mind you can start to recognize and empathize with yourself when you're struggling and with others and most of the reason that people people in your business might not push themselves enough is because this stuff is more overwhelming to them than it than it is to you and they haven't developed the confidence that you've got so the big thing that we've got to do as leaders is create environments where people understand these components of the human mind and have the support to get past them um ultimately how do you get past that stuff well it, it's, it's not that complicated right we have to accept it and something that's really useful is to notice it so when you're having negative thoughts that are unhelpful we can or feelings we can just consciously be aware of them instead of letting them dictate we can write them down there's some other tactics we can use as well um it's taught in act so this actually works really well so if you've got a constant stream of negative talk that you can categorize to give that a character so for example with me i'm ex-military and in the minute i'm also a bit of a perfectionist and in the military you're taught to be a perfectionist otherwise it could lead to death which is useful in the military but not useful out in civilian life and in business 
So when I'm being overly critical of my work and beating myself up and taking too long on tasks, I categorize that stream of thought as the critical corporal because I can then just separate it from myself and be like, okay, that's just this part of my mind that's evolved from a, a, a variety of life experiences that's unhelpful. And by categorizing it, I can go, all right, I don't actually, that's not actually me. I don't need to listen to that. Uh, there's another process called letting go, which is taught by the psychologist. Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but it's the book's called Letting Go. Um, something Harris, I think. It's gone. It's gone. It'll come to me the second I stop recording. But anyway, if you Google the book, he, the guy that wrote it is a fantastic psych, David Hawkins, um, a, fa a fantastic uh, psychiatrist. And the process in there is, is, is surprisingly simple. And it's all about recognizing emotions when they come to the surface unhelpful and just letting them be and just looking at them rationally and objectively. And then what happens is they loosen their grip on you. Most people don't do this. It might sound trivial, but most people get an emotion, get a feeling, get a thought, and they act on it. So the thought comes in and says, you can't do that new thing. So they just stop and they just listen to it and they believe that that's them. You as a business owner have already demonstrated that's not you, um, but you might still be in that zone of battling with these things and these things taking the joy out of the journey. So I think for me, one of the most transformational things that ever happened was hearing Ross, the psychologist, say to me, that's part a normal part of being a human and, and sharing with me his negative thoughts because I thought, oh, psychologist, obviously he's all over it and he doesn't let negative thoughts bother him and he shared them with me and I was like okay I've got to stop putting this high standard on myself of thinking that there's some system to just never feel negative emotions so accepting them was really helpful for me because it stopped making me think there was something that I needed to fix um, and then the next thing is getting clear on your values getting clear on your vision and making sure that you're using some method to prioritize those and set goals that's why you've got a business you've already demonstrated that you can do this um, and then using distancing and noticing to recognize when these negative thoughts are popping up and getting in the way you do not need to be a psychiatrist or psychologist to help not only yourself, but the people in your team transform their mental health. The reason most people have poor mental health is because this stuff that I've just talked about is running away with them. And what society tells them is, right, just, just don't make yourself uncomfortable. Just, just make life more comfortable and you don't have to deal with that. You shouldn't have to deal with stress and anxiety. And it's a really poor message because it's creating an environment, uh, it's creating a, a, a culture of people that aren't, equipped to handle the inevitable negative feelings and thoughts that come with living a fulfilling life so for you as a business owner and business leader i'm not suggesting that you should feel that you need to fix all the problems that your staff have when they are sharing stresses but what i certainly know works from working with different teams is instead of just labeling it as anxiety and then send them to the doctor have these conversations around you know this is normal to to, to have anxiety it's part of the process you know it's normal to be stressed you know it's normal to doubt yourself and share your experiences as well because a lot of leaders don't want to share that they have a lack of confidence sometimes or a wobble uh, because they feel like that would be showing uh, weakness to their team. But actually what it does is it, it it creates false reality to your team. It creates this reality where, you know, if I want to be like the guy that owns the business, you, I've got to never experience negative emotions. And then they think that there's something wrong with them. So you don't have to be, you know, pity porn where you're crying and telling everyone how life hard is, but you should certainly be sharing with them that you've got to where you are, not because you don't have negative thoughts, but because you don't let them dictate your life. And that will be transformative to the mental health of people that encounter you uh, in general. You can also use those other techniques and share them with your team, you know, about writing these things down and actually looking at them rationally. You'll be, it's really no, no more complicated than this. Um, you can have transformative impacts on people's lives by doing these simple processes. There is a process called the ACT matrix. I'll mention it very briefly. You draw a square on a, a cross on a piece of paper. At the top left, you write 
what, what the situation is that somebody's maybe struggling with. So perhaps you've got a member of staff who's struggling with a new project. So we write that at the top. Then we write, how do we want to be in this situation? So we think about our values. Maybe the person wants to be confident and professional and hardworking, you know, but don't tell them, let them come up with you, come up with the values. Then at the bottom left, they write down the negative thoughts they're getting, that are getting in the way. So they just let them be honest with you about that. And they're probably going to say, oh, I don't think I'm good enough. Or I'm going to fail. There's not enough time and I'm in a rush. And then on the bottom right, you're going to write what actions is that leading to? And they're going to say, well, I'm not doing it or I'm stressing about it. And what you'll see is that the, what they write at the bottom right of the ACT matrix is in direct contrast to what they've written at the top, top left. So they've got a way they want to be and the way that they are being and the way they are being is in contrast to how they want to be because of their negative voices. And then finally, at the top right, we write down what some plans of action that we can take to move past this. And that is an absolutely game-changing process to help people because if you just do that, just draw that cross on a piece of paper and go through that, you will all of a sudden got a system to help people navigate through negative thoughts. But before that, the tendency tends to be, oh, okay, you're stressed and just don't worry about it. And then the business owner is stuck in an environment that isn't very growth-focused and people have poor mental health. So uh, that's a really quick kind of um, overview on the human mind, uh, how it gets in the way from a business owner perspective. And from a leadership perspective, I hope that you have found some value in there. Those are There are things in there that have helped me completely transform my life and the way that I approach life and business in general. Um, I hope that you can benefit from them as well and that by sharing some of these principles, you can not only help yourself, but help your team and ultimately help your business. Uh, I'd love to meet you if, you if we haven't already. So if you're listening to this episode and you like what we're talking about, head over to the betterhappybusinessclub.com website, sign up to the free newsletter. If you scroll to the very bottom of that webpage, there's a free workshop that you can attend that is genuinely live with me. So I am there. I will talk to you. It's not just a pre-recorded thing. And there's also some options to look at our memberships as well. So if you'd like to find out more about the Better Happy Business Club, you'd like to meet myself, I'd love to meet you. Come along to one of those things. And remember that life and business is better happy.